Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. Are you tailoring your messaging to your team differently based on how they like to learn and what sort of personality style they are? Uh, Because if you're not, chances are the message that you're sending is not necessarily resonating with everybody in the team the way that you intend it or the way you think that it is. Hello, this is Darren Mitchell and welcome back to another episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. And in today's episode, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. How do we tailor most effectively to our audience, to the people in our team, recognizing that people are different. And what are some uh, learning principles, if you like, that apply ubiquitously, that's a big word, across uh, across the world, irrespective of culture, in terms of how people learn and how people listen and how people understand information. So that's the topic for today's conversation. And it came out of a, a three-hour masterclass I ran this morning, actually, for a group Uh, in Australia here and we were talking about how do we communicate effectively as as leaders but also some of these guys were also training uh, people within their organization as well and looking for tips on how they could really tailor their communication and their training packages to really up the ante in terms of their penetration and the ability for that information to be retained but more importantly to be utilized and implemented to the point where results can literally take care of themselves. So as leaders, first and foremost, we know that people are different. And therefore, what they'll do is they'll typically process information differently. Now, some like to learn individually. Others prefer to learn in groups. Others like to ask a lot of questions, and a lot of others like to not ask a lot of questions. So a key to effective leadership is really understanding your people and really understanding this at at an intimate level. What makes them tick? What's their personality style? What's their behavior style? what do they like, what they don't like, and then tailoring your communication and messaging to suit. So I often see people who are a certain personality type as a leader, and they tend to communicate in the same way that is natural to them. And whilst that resonates with a certain percentage of people within their team, and certainly a certain percentage of the audience that they're talking with in terms of key stakeholders and also you know, potentially customers, it means that because they're literally one-dimensional, they're missing out on their op- on the opportunity for that message to resonate with multiple different people, and this is where people get themselves into into a bit of a bit of a challenge because uh, being a one-dimensional leader and being a one-dimensional person who's communicating means that you're limiting your message to only a small percentage of a population or a group of of people, which means that hey, it may, there's probably three quarters of your audience that is not necessarily resonating with your message as well as they could if you recognize different perspectives and if you recognize different learning styles and how people actually like to learn. So in today's masterclass, we talked about a lot of different concepts, including you know characteristics of a leader and different personality styles. But what I wanted to focus on in today's episode was some principles around how adults, how people in your team tend to learn and how do they process information. And these are really interesting principles to be aware of, first of all, because once we're aware of this, we can tap into these and then tailor our communication, also tailor our preparation and our thinking in order to maximize the opportunity for our message to really resonate, hit the spot, and therefore uh, make progress in the direction that we want, which is obviously 
getting engagement up, getting results up, and getting uh, sustainability in those results as well. So here are eight principles that I wanted to talk about really briefly, and uh, this this hopefully will be of value to you when it comes to not only planning any communication or any conversation with your team, or even if you're doing some internal training for your team around uh, around sales or or anything to do with your team. Uh, learning these and understanding these will enable you to tap into how people like to learn. So here are eight principles. The first one is uh, around active participation. Now, adults learn best by by doing. Now, when when they're fully immersed in a learning activity, that's when they get uh, they get their best output in terms of the message resonating. They understand what works and what doesn't work. Most people, most adults, don't tend to absorb information in a passive state. Now, go right back to when you were a young child, right? How did you? How did most of us learn? We actually learned by uh, doing stuff, by playing stuff, by touching things, and, and I'll talk about senses in a second. But we don't tend to absorb information purely in a passive form by reading things and taking in concepts that way. So in an environment where we're trying to enhance our ability to be more effective, then it stands to reason that we need to recognize that we've got to give opportunities to our team to really be actively participating in conversations, in any learning activities, in any new concepts. So any new models we're trying to come up with, any new processes, any new hacks, any new strategies we wanted to build, it's best that they actually learn this with their hands, getting their hands dirty. So learning best in either a group, learning actively when they're actually engaged in a particular topic. Now what this does, it it encourages people to participate, but also if you then uh, actively encourage uh, practical experimentation, it means that, hey, we've got a safe environment here, let's just practice this, see see how it resonates, see what happens, what sort of feedback we're gonna get. But but actively participating and, and getting your hands dirty will enable the team to really embrace, in most cases, the concepts we're talking about, and in your in your from your perspective, the concept, the learning you're trying to impart on your team has a much higher probability of resonating rather than just either sending a PowerPoint document or running a meeting where it's just a one-way conversation. So active participation is one of the key principles to adult learning and therefore effective leadership when it comes to managing your team. Second one is all about meaning and relevance. So people tend to learn better when there's context. Now, there's so many cases where uh, I've seen leaders pass information on to their team or they've been asked to uh, do a little training course or or share some information to their team and they haven't got the full context. They haven't got the big picture, right? So they they then just share that information and they've got no real background to it, which means it doesn't necessarily have true meaning or they, they're not sure about what the relevance is to the team or how that fits into the bigger picture. So this is why it's really important to create context. So making sure that information and the communication of that information is based on real world. It's got real world case studies and we enable, now enable our team to implement themselves so they can relate to it. So I've always said now that if when it comes to cascading information, unless it's got a real world application, then we've got a question as leaders as to why we're sharing this information in the first place. Because if it's not contextual, if it doesn't have practical application to the here and now in terms of what we're trying to do, what we're trying to achieve, We've got a question as to why we're doing it. It's not just for information overload and it's not just for passing down information. So the third one is all about holistic learning. And this is this is where it's um it's about and certainly linked, I guess, to the to the meaning and the relevance. It's about how does how does this relate to the big picture? Because people like to know when where this information or the concepts fit in relation to the whole. 
So when there's information that has to be cascaded, and when you've got to share information with your team, if you don't have that relevance, if you don't have that context, it makes it really difficult to get cut through and get them on board because they're going to be questioning as to why we need to do this. What's this got to do with the price of fish? What's this got to do with the overall strategy? Why are we having to do this? Because it doesn't seem to relate to us. So how does this relate to the big picture? And what are some of the detailed components that we then need to go into because it's now got relevance to the big picture? So thinking about from a holistic point of view, any information you're sharing, any communication you're sharing, think about, okay, what's the big picture? Why is this needed? How does it actually fit into the overall strategy? But also start identifying what are the key individual components, the detail components that we need to be aware of, which we might have to delve into in a little bit more detail. But it's all geared around what is the big picture approach we're trying to get, which is clear on what is the outcome we're trying to achieve. The, well, the fourth one is all about in communication, thinking about how can you create multi-sensory learning. Now, recognizing that people are different and some use more senses than others and people are going to be different in terms of some might be more uh, they might be more kinesthetic, so they like touching stuff. Some people might just like to hear things. So how do we actually embrace all of the five senses and create an environment where people can actually uh, be encouraged to use more than just one sort of sense? So this is where I see a lot of uh, innovation coming in where leaders are taking their team, for example, uh, instead of having a team meeting at uh, a boardroom, they take them out into... Not, not so much just a coffee shop because that would just be um, the same as a boardroom but plus coffee. But I've seen people take, uh, take their teams out into a park, a, re, uh, a local park, and sit down at around a picnic table or they'll go and actually walk around a park and they're just creating a different environment and encouraging people to use all of their senses. What it tends to do is not only are you creating a completely different environment, you're encouraging people to look at things completely differently and, by the way, through that process, there may be great information that comes to the surface or brand new ideas that would not have been possible had you have kept the conversation in the in the boardroom where many people many people keep it. So think about how do you create a multi multi-sensory environment where people can tap into those senses and really take advantage of them. The fifth one is being concerned with first and last impressions and this has all got to do with the primacy recency effect. What's really interesting about human behavior is we tend to remember what's said first. And what's said last, we tend to remember second. And if you've got a huge amount of information, then there may well be something in the middle of a conversation or middle of a presentation that you might remember. But typically, thinking about, okay, what is the best first impression we want to create? And we don't want to overwhelm our team with too much information. So when it comes to uh, key topics, key information pieces, key strategies, key tactics, think about less is more which means I've got to create and think about this. Most people will only retain around about three pieces of information. Now, the human mind is capable of a lot more, but from a, from a recalling point of view, from being able to recall and then implement information, then typically it's around about three pieces of information. So that's why I always talk about the how you've got to have three key messages, three agenda items, etc., etc. So using, using that, the primacy recency effect, what can you do to make sure that the information you're creating for your team and sharing with your team, first of all, you create a really great first impression, so it's impactful and remember that, but also leave them on a high note in terms of what's the, what's the key outcomes of the conversation, what were the key points we were talking about, because you've got the first and last impressions there and you've created some great bookends, which means the information that's been shared is more likely to be retained and then done something with. Uh, number six is practice and reinforcing, making sure that you create a space for implementation. So whether it be a new tactic, a new strategy, a new idea, give people the opportunity to practice this 
and to implement it. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean go and practice on real customers. It may well be that we'll practice it on uh, some key stakeholders. We'll do some role plays or some uh, real plays, if you like, and just see how it lands and, and how, it, how it actually sits before you actually go and implement it into a, into a real customer environment. So this is about reinforcing good practices, but also working out what doesn't work, which is linked to the seventh part, which is regular and useful feedback and making sure that you identify what's working really well, but also where there might be some gaps. And this is where feedback becomes really, really critical. And I've often talked about feedback being the breakfast of champions and great leaders will also be feedback-seeking machines. It's really about when there's implementation, when there's practice being done, really hope, phone it, focus in on and hone in on the good practices they're doing and, and create real genuine uh, affirmative feedback so you can continue to do those good habits. But also if things are not working so well, make sure that the feedback is really specific around the behavior and where you want the improvement, not necessarily on the person. And that's a key differentiator when it comes to providing great experiences around feedback, but also in, in enhancing the ability of people within your team to continue to learn and to continue to want to learn and expand beyond their comfort zones. And then the final one, of course, is make sure there's some level of reward there. So what's in it for them? Always think about what's the benefit to these guys. So when it comes to a message, when it comes to a strategy, when it comes to a tactic, when it comes to anything you're trying to do for your team, or imparting information to your team, always think about okay, what's the benefit to them? It's got to be there's got to be some reward, and it's not it's not it's not a, a a certificate. It's not a participation trophy for actually taking this information. It's about okay, what is going to be the benefit for my team and for my team members from implementing this? What are they going to get out of this, which enables me to frame it in a way that can actually resonate and high, increases the probability of them wanting to jump on board and implement the, the topic or the strategy or the tactics we're talking about. So there are there are eight key principles when it comes to adult learning. And this is irrespective of the type of personality style they are. And as leaders, that we need to be this is what we need to be really, really conscious of because we're always creating environments where people can actually enhance their ability to learn and get better or potentially diminish their ability to learn and get better, which only hampers their development and therefore the results they end up delivering. So think about this in terms of the environments you're creating. Are you actually making sure you give enough time for them to experiment? Are you providing enough context? Are you giving enough time for practice and reinforcement? And are you giving feedback? So go through each of these eight things and think about how well am I doing on each of these? And if you're doing well on each of them, double thumbs up to you. You're obviously doing really well and keep doing that because obviously it's working. But for most of us, there's going to be one or two areas that perhaps we have some deficiencies or some gaps in that if we improved in these areas, it could be the difference that makes all the difference, not only to our ability of our team to take on and absorb new information, new tactics, new strategies, new, inf new, new ways of doing things, but more importantly, when it comes to implementation, there's a higher probability of that implementation actually being embedded which will ultimately lead to great results. So I hope that message resonates. Hope that makes sense. Hopefully that is of value to you. And as a reminder, if you're looking and committed to taking your sales leadership to the exceptional sales leader level, enabling you to increase significantly your sales results in the process, develop more meaning for yourself, but also make a bucket load more money, hey, I'd love to have a conversation about how I might be able to help you. Simply go to my calendar at leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time that suits and I'll give you a call and I look forward to having that conversation. So thank you for plugging in and listening to the podcast. Really appreciate it. And I look forward to talking to you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best.
thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.